I just had an orgasm. Welcome to episode number 225 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where Joe Biden's not the only one falling down. And from America's left coast, where nothing you hear is legal or financial advice. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And them douches and the troll and the live tags not working. Oh, yeah, I should have. Uh, I should have done that. But uh, we'll do it now while we're while we're spinning a few different plates. Uh, just yes, yes. Let let us make sure to do all of the logistical tasks while speaking into the microphone, just to show how good we are. I know. While saying that, I just had a Joe Biden moment, and it was not fun. I'm, let me tell you, I went up. Uh-oh. And I, I went on the. I was on the bike, so I was all sweaty, and I like went back up to change my shirt, and I went into the bedroom, and we have a a fan that is in there. So there's a cord on the floor that I forgot the cord was on the floor and I went over the cord and I like bounced off the bed and then went headfirst into the luckily cheap ass plastic laundry hamper, which is, uh, which is not in as good of a shape as it was beforehand. If it's full, it becomes even softer. <laughs> it wasn't though. I just did laundry too. Oh. Well, there's your problem. Uh huh. Never do Although, laundry. Let's admit it. Most of our listeners you had when you said you were all hot and sweaty. Yeah, this is true. They're like, hey, man, can you, uh, can you tell me more about that part? It's like, I'm telling you, you got to, uh, got to get on the, uh, the exercise train. Although the only problem with that is while exercising, I've been watching YouTube and there's really so little oh, good on YouTube. That's unhealthy. I know that's, that's the unhealthy part. It balances itself out. So, I mean, mainly it's just, I think I sprained a couple of toes and my chest, a little store where I went into the, uh, into the hamper there, but I think I'll survive. I, the, my, my exercise these days has actually come from getting out of the house, which is kind of unusual for me. I, I blame the weather. Well, we've if it's finally nice. gone into, we finally gone into the normal weather pattern of, uh, overcast and light drizzle, which is it's so much nicer. It's nice to get out. So it looks like you're sweaty. Even if you just walk around the block once you're like, Whoop. well, no, actually my, my getting out is, is usually involves going to public parks and throwing plastic discs into trees. Oh, you're still doing that thing without being I, drunk. Actually it's, it's surprisingly good exercise for uh, what I'm doing, especially the way I do it, where I don't, I don't do this mamby pamby, you know, throw from the elbow and the wrist. I do the, the full on sprint down the pad and dive forward and, <laughs> You know, release the disc at the peak of my flight and then duck and roll into a ravine. I mean, like I put my whole body into this thing. I believe that. I want video of that. Tell <laughs> Bemlet we there need that. There might be some. We got it. We go back ask, to the. Ask Bemlet. He's more likely to get it. Oh, yeah. Um, What was it? The uh, something from like ABC. I don't know if it was for the Olympics or the back in the uh, star. There was like a show that had a bunch of battle of the network stars, something like that. I just need some kind of music. Like bum, ba, da, ba. no, this the like, let's just do the ride of the Valkyries. That's what we could use. And you get dun, 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 and you just see you flying, throwing the thing and then tumbling oh. down a hill. 
I, I think if somebody put a soundtrack to it, it'd be more likely to be yakety sax. <laughs> would be perfect. Go back to the old Benny Hill days. Yeah. The good old days of television where you could still have attractive women on TV just because they're attractive women. Well, we can still have women on TV. They just can't be women anymore. They can't right. They can't say they're women. They, they, you just have to identify as a woman. Well, it also helps to be ass ugly. Well, this, you know, there was a show from maybe 20 years ago, I believe, called The Loop, which was just a dumb comedy, but it was based out of Chicago. And I'd never watched it. So I grabbed it and was watching it. And it's like, all of the women in the show are attractive. What the fuck? Something's weird about this show. <laughs> like, oh, wait, this is the way it used to be. Yeah. Back when every single female that appears on TV had to do their time on the casting couch first. Uh-huh. Back when <laughs> entertainment was much better. Yes, something like that. At Especially least, for the person on the other side of the casting couch. Right. I was going to say, at least for the misogynistic men in charge of the industry. Yes. But they knew how to sell. And it seems like the entertainment was better. Which is possible. So at least you haven't fallen down while doing your exercising. So you're in the, you're already uh, well, in the not lead. that I'm willing to admit true. Although I admitted that about three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. That did in fact happen. Like, well, I guess, you know, so that was the first thing I thought of while sitting there going, Oh wow, this broke. I'm like, okay, Joe Biden. That was the first yep. thing that so, came to mind. <laughs> and, and if I may return a, a, a kindness that you showed me a couple weeks ago, when I, admitted that I was actually out in the forest doing real exercise, playing an actual sport. And you were like, Oh, you injured yourself while walking. <laughs> so, uh, if, if I may return the kindness, uh, nice work. I injured myself walking into my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's dangerous work right there. It is. I, I have not seen your bedroom, so I cannot confirm. You never know what kind of traps may be laying in wait. Apparently a, a plastic uh, hamper. Yeah. The thing you want to do is just avoid falling into things. I think the thing I want to do is just avoid your bedroom. Yeah, that's probably true, too. That is probably good advice for all men and women in the universe. Yes. Are there? Are there any more? Men that, and or women? Are, yeah. <laughs> it could are, be the are, same. are these things we're allowed to have anymore? I, they could be. Hey, Boobery just came in with a bot. All the attractive women came to the no agenda stream, he says, for 3333 Satoshis. Uh, how come I don't have video of this? I know. I was going to say <laughs> photos or it's not real, yeah. but that seemed to be also a rude statement to make well, because then it's like, well, the women on no agenda stream obviously aren't attractive because we're not seeing them. Well, as you know, all the attractive women are conservative. Well, this is absolutely true. I mean, once so, they start talking, I mean, if they, if, if yes, mm -hmm. yes. Well, that's, that's the impo most important part about a, a woman is what's going on between their ears. Cause otherwise, I mean, like if all you're looking for is titties, you end up with AOC and right. nobody wants that. You know, that's again, fine. If you can duct tape her mouth before the date starts. Yeah. And then people look at you funny when you go out with a woman who's mouth stuff duct tape when you like you can you Besides, just, at this point uh you have to be careful of uh anything that you see that looks like you know an attractive person because it might just be an ai generated fake oh my goodness yeah 
I mean, I didn't see the story you've got, but this is exactly what I predicted was going to happen. Yes, it is. That's why I sent you the story before the show. And it's like, this is, you don't have to this. Everybody was always like when it came down to, when we just finished watching the final season of Ted Lasso, which it lost its way in the last season or two, no question about it. But there was a storyline about the one girl having a sex tape, you know, sex video, because nobody really uses tape anymore coming out. Well, unless you're talking about the mouths of your girl. Oh, sorry. Right. Different. That's where you have the duct tape. And, uh, you know, this is at the point of technology where if you ever have like nudie photos or video that comes out, even if it actually is you, just go deep fake. it's the way to go and i guess this is now happening and i'm like because people are and i and i asked my wife this the other day because we were talking about the kid unfortunately who got spoofed and killed himself the 17 year old And there's been a few of these stories because somebody convinced him to send nude photos of himself because they were pretending to be a girl and he did and then they tried to get all the money they could out of me sent like 300 bucks. That was all he had. And they're like, send me more. And he's like, no, I'm going to kill myself. And they're like, yeah, you should. Cause otherwise I'm going to make you do it. And then he did. Yeah. But, like, I, oh, okay. We're done with you. You've sent all of your right life savings to us. So, you know, did go make room for somebody else who can send us it. Sorry. Uh-huh. It's horrible. Just dropping into the brief scammer role. And it's horrible that people are not, as youngsters, this should be fuck teaching diversity and all this other stuff. Teach them not to get scammed where they're going to kill themselves. Try doing that first. Try making them yeah. smart enough to go. If this seems way too good to be true, if my favorite influencer or Taylor Swift or any other attractive woman out of the blue is sending me nudes on Instagram going, hey, could you send me yours now? Probably not real. Uh. I, you know, I always send nudes back, but they're not usually of me. Right. Well, see, this is the other thing. It was yeah, you. I think it was you when this first came up. I don't, like, don't want to scare them off. You're like, the Internet's full of dong pics. Why are you sending your own pics? Yeah. <laughs> and then when they come, there's back much and, more attractive ones out there than mine here. Here's one. Oh, yeah. And you're like, then if they come back to you and be like, ha ha, I'm going to release your nudes. You're like, well, that's fine. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that was actually a picture of Dick Clark. Oh, damn. Dick Nixon. Back in the day. Dick Van Dyke. It's like, damn. But that I, was I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? <laughs> because millennials. And if somebody doesn't ISO that, then oh. you, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, what the hell's wrong with you people? I want to see that immediately. <laughs> I would need that on a soundboard. But that was my question to the wife, because we were talking how different millennials the thinking are especially in the youngsters whatever's younger than millennial now gen z if somebody came to you with something that you knew was absolutely fake photos or video of you nude fucking whatever it is would you still give in to the extortion because you're like i'd be so horrified if anybody sees this even though i know it's not real would you give into it? And that's where we are led to with this story that you've got. Yeah. According to the FBI, as reported by bleeping computer, people are in fact paying up to that extortion. Uh, the FBI has coined a new term called sextortion, 
which sounds really silly to me that they came up with a new term because this is blackmail. Yes. Uh, malicious actors, they say, are threatening to release nudes of you if you don't pay them. That's, I mean, pretty much the scam. The only twist to this, the only thing that makes it different from when people have done this for the last three decades is uh, in a lot of cases, the photos are no longer real. Scraping public images of the targets, feeding them into, quote, deepfake content creation tools that use AI to turn them into nudes. Uh, actually, I did appreciate Bleeping Computer, which helpfully linked to a tool on GitHub that can turn a face photo into a full on porn video. <laughs> well, see, it's nice. They give you the. Uh, yeah. The step so if you step. want to participate in this sextortion, Bleeping Computer has got you covered. Yeah. Uh, well, there yeah. are sites. I mean, this is where it's going to that is a little bit different as well is there are sites and i think i had talked about the one a while back it was called i think deep swap dot ai most of them are like dot ais of and, course and it's a very similar thing where you Except can, for the ones that are dot cooking you're right if the dot cookie if ai dot cooking a little bit different but this is a thing where you're like well if you just give us one photo and then other photos or video it will swap the face onto it and it seems to do a fairly convincing job. Again, a lot of the AI stuff, if you really look at it under a microscope, you're going to notice problems, but most people don't. Yeah, I guess AI is the big buzzword. So anytime that there's a story anywhere that has, oh my gosh, someone used AI to do this crime that people have been doing forever. Like before right. AI, people used to do this with just Photoshop. Yes, but it took they, some skills and it took some time. Yeah. And that's probably the only functional difference is that whereas before you had to have Photoshop skills in order to do it, now all you need to do is know the the link to the correct GitHub repository. Yes. But photo manipulation is as old as photos. This stuff's been going on for a long time. Yes, uh, it's just gotten easier. As the example I, that I had sent to you earlier, while it wasn't perfect, it was just typing words into Photoshop. Yeah. It's like, holy crap, the fact that you could just take somebody's outfit and overall swap and, it for something different. And you know how I know AI has arrived is because the photo you sent me earlier, uh, which I will link in the chat room in a moment so everybody else can appreciate it. Uh, the model has five fingers on her hand, <laughs> and that's how you know AI has finally become realistic. <laughs> you finally got it right. Well, this is the one thing I've learned playing around with the new Photoshop edition. You never want it to do hands. You do <laughs> not want it to do hands. All you want it to do, if you can, if hands exist in the original picture, deselect it. And that way, Photoshop will keep that part of the image and it'll work everything around that. Yeah, so it's not adding three more fingers to left hand and removing two from the right or right. Yeah. Correct. Uh, Booberry boosted again in 16 thousand nine hundred and sixty nine sats he said just ask the sextortionist if they have a higher resolution copy <laughs> yeah, no kidding yeah uh, prove to me it's actually, real uh i i want to call out the plight of the normal person and this uh this came from the most normal person in the entire troll room right now was cold acid who said uh man please somebody release my nudes it's about time someone else got to see my dick uh-huh and uh and that kind of leads into something that I wrote up in my notes. You know, it, on my notes, I always write the facts of the story that I read. And then I write down the opinion bits that I want to get to, because what's the point of bringing a story if I don't bring my opinion to it? And this one, I was like, 
Oh my God, AI. This is only a real concern to celebrities, politicians, and influencers, people who put themselves out in the spotlight and care way too deeply about their public image. The, the bleeping computer article did in fact have a section said how to protect yourself, but I didn't read it because <laughs> honestly, for starters, maybe the best way to protect yourself is don't post a goddamn selfie every time you open a door. Yeah, well, don't post. I mean, any photographs, the less amount of photographs that exist of you online, the less chance this will happen to you. And if it does happen to you, I, I mean, maybe, maybe I have a warped self image or something, but if somebody came up to me and is like, you need to pay me or I'm going to send out nude photos of you to your employer. I'd be like, well, first of all, I'd be like, what employer? But, right. uh, <laughs> but can you, wait, can I, you give me that information first? Yeah, I would you like give the me job. the info because they're not paying me. <laughs> <laughs> no, if somebody threatens me with this. I'd be like, you know what? Go right ahead. I, I, they're they're going to blame you for scarring them for life. But more importantly, I, I'm not self-conscious about my body now other people might be if they saw me but whatever it's not going to destroy my political career because i don't have one it's not going to destroy my podcasting career because you people don't want to see that anyway am am i going to like is my self-esteem going to go oh no somebody saw me without clothes on even if it wasn't me actually if it wasn't me maybe you could put me on a muscle model like someone looks good yeah that would be a much better way to go about it I'm just thinking like, who is going to pay up on this? And the only things I can think of is, I mean, if you're a politician then, or, or somebody who is really vulnerable to being canceled for idiotic image stuff like that, maybe it, I, I mean, a celebrity, somebody posted a nude of, uh, you know, a Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, actually back in the day, I'm told he looked pretty good, but, uh, well, yeah, Mr. Universe nowadays, not so much. Yeah. But I mean, this is, I get it. It's that, I think it's that knee jerk reaction. Like, oh no, I'm going to be horrified if anybody sees this. But uh, in, in the final season, also uh, spoilers of Ted Lasso, there is a scene where coach beard played by Brendan hunt comes out, comes down wearing nothing but a very poorly fitting t-shirt and a banana hammock. And I'm okay. had the exact thought of what you were just describing. I'm like, this guy does not give a fuck who sees him that way. Yeah. <laughs> and this, I, I mean, mean I, if, like, I applaud that. It's, it's called self-confidence. Just have some, have some confidence in your own body and be like, this is me. If you want to stare, go ahead. But if you stare too long, I'm going to start charging. Right. You can send Satoshi's right here yeah. to our RSS feed. <laughs> micro payments Uh uh-huh micro payments for a micro Ah, that's too easy it writes itself uh uh, yes yes it does which is why i didn't finish that thought but thank you for following up (laughs) but this was something that you have to let your let your children know about that you you might get these images and maybe for a minute if you're stupid you're like is that real wait how did this happen was i drunk was i high when did this you know, semi-nude or nude and, photos show up. And I think that's that's really the point of of the uh, the entire story. And part of the reason why we are here are doing a public service by pointing this out is that, yes, OK, these are scary for like five minutes while it's new and novel and interesting and really easy to do and people fall for it. But this too shall pass as soon as the public understands that, hey, you know, a crime that people have been doing forever 
now uses some new tools. And as long as you understand the tools exist, there's not much to be afraid of. Yes, because now I mean, you, you can, can be annoyed. A- yeah. But now you can actually release the real thing accidentally yeah. and go, oh, fake. Yeah. There's somebody releases a picture of me on a, a bodybuilder's body as like, ha, huh, I'm going to embarrass Bemrose. I'm like, no, you want to see me embarrassed. Here's the real photo. Right. I can double down on that, baby. <laughs> I'll show you. I think there are uh, Canadian laws, however, about cold acids, uh, naked body that they're there's like a lot of laws. I wouldn't be surprised. Trudeau's been passing a lot of bad laws. It would not surprise me if he's got one about cold acids body. No cold acid export. But you have to know about this kind of stuff. That's what we're here for. We provide a public service announcement. And it's because it's horrible when you see the stories and the kid ends up killing himself. It's like, what, did nobody ever sit you down and just tell you that, you know, yeah. even if something like this happens, it's not worth that, paying that price for it. Yeah. Nobody ever sat the kid down and was like, uh, you're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like, yeah, Stuart small. Was it Stuart small? He was at the character name. I I, I don't remember (laughs) Saturday night live back when Saturday night live was funny. Well, that was so long ago. It's hard to remember. I know. Like I wasn't even old enough to drink back when Saturday night live was funny, but I just don't even understand if it's obviously a fake why people are paying up but the answer that people are paying up means that this is going to continue this is like spam email everybody's always like why does spam why do spammers keep sending them out it's like because somebody's buying yeah because incentives matter somebody's buying progo is saying in the troll room that this this extortion shit has been going on for a long time in china and it works he says people hand over nude photos as collateral for contracts (laughs) that's Disturbing. I mean, if they're real, but if they're not even I, real, then I mean, how much of that is cultural, though? I don't I don't purport to be an expert on Chinese culture. I've never lived there. But how much of this is uh, if, if you're in a culture where all of your social worth is saving face and you don't have people going? Yeah, so that's me, because you, I, I mean, how much of that matters is I don't know. The reason this story came up is not because I just noticed it. I actually heard about it first uh, a couple of years ago in Random Thoughts, but it came up today because the FBI is now issuing a massive warning to everybody. And now that the FBI has figured it out, uh, you know, they're the good guys, so you can trust them. <laughs> not according no. to Josh Hawley, man. If you hear <laughs> not, the, not uh, according to anybody who's been paying attention to what the FBI has been doing. Yeah, I like the uh, the guy from the FBI. I don't know who it is. That was before this committee. And he's like, so you had like 278,000 instances where your organization pinged, looked up, whatever you want to call it, queried information about American citizens illegally without proper authorization. And the guy's like, well, you know, something like it was unintentional, like 278,000 times. Gee, we we just thought we were, you know, looking up. uh a number for a pizza place and the, all this data on Americans just kept popping up. We, who knew, Uh huh. but this is we going to know. be an interesting thing, especially for companies like Adobe, who's probably the biggest company involved with software that'll do similar things up to this point. The other ones, as you said, they're on GitHub. There are open source. There are people working on a lot of this AI stuff, but Adobe's a company with a lot of money behind it. When, the technology that they're putting out there will make it easier for people to do this kind of sextortion thing. It's like, well, 
is it illegal to change the image of somebody else? Another, fo- you know, their photo. It's like, I don't believe that's the case. That, I hope not. You know, it's like if you can't say, well, you can't go to this. I mean, Instagram, there's no criminal law that vi- violates, but you might be violating copyright law. Right. Which is a different thing. But it's like, OK, so changing that in a way that is going, you know, to use as the the actual act of sextortion or extortion, because that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is where the legalities come in. But the fact that it is going to be so easy to change anything about a photo. And that's the, the oddity of the difference of Photoshop now than it was 10 years ago is that you used to have to be good at masking things. If you wanted to take a, something out of the image or take some, you know, a person out of one image and put them into another. Now the tool just does it. It's like you hover over something in Photoshop and it highlights it. Like, is this what you want to, uh, to select? I've heard that they even have tools that can remove things like the timestamp and location data from the EXIF. Oh yeah. You don't want to leave that on any of your photos. Yeah. Or they, in fact, there might even be tools out there that can remove all of the invisible non-existent pixels in between the actual pixels, which is going to totally ruin the plot of shows like CSI. Enhance, enhance. (laughs) Like I can't enhance. There's no data there. Uh Uh-huh. Like that's not how it works. But I mean, I, mean, I warned what are everybody. The writers going to do? Yeah, I warned everybody on Random Thoughts years ago too. Make sure your kids aren't including their fucking GPS coordinates when they upload to sites oh, on yeah. the internet. Yeah, that's I did not not a new story at all. But that's been a massive privacy leak. Is like if you upload photos anywhere, you have to be stripping the EXIF data first because, uh, oh. I, I I think I reported this on uh, some show. I do so many shows uh, about uh, 12 months ago where Facebook was caught actually pulling the EXIF data and storing that and using it to target ads to people. And this was a huge <laughs> surprise. Like, wow. no kidding. Yeah. You're, you're sending them. <laughs> well, and a lot of people do not realize that if you have your phone set to save that GPS information on each photo. There's I mean, usually not tools that strip it, not at least not in the default Google kit. No, no, you have to uh, download something special, go through, sanitize those things. And most people have no idea it even exists, but it's a stalker's dream. If somebody finds a picture of you online and goes, oh, wait, look, yeah. <laughs> there's the GPS like, coordinates. Yeah. Hey, here's a great pic that says, you know, in my bedroom with, you know, yes. scantily clad. And then it has latitude and longitude for your house. <laughs> yes. You don't want to do that. You do not want to do that. That's why whenever I take scantily clad bedroom photos, I always do it from somebody else's bedroom. You do. then, Or you just spoof the GPS, which is even yeah, better. That too. You know, you just spoof the GPS right into the middle of, you know, the FBI headquarters in Langley or yeah. something like that. So if somebody comes no, no, the GPS you, always points to Bill Gates house. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Either that or I would put it like into the middle of Compton or into the, you know, someplace where if somebody tries to go and look for you, they may wind up dead. Just saying. It's not a bad just idea. Saying. Not, just saying. I just don't know who could so, fall for this. If it was a fake photo, I mean, then that is even more horrendous because I get the knee jerk reaction if it was real to be like, oh shit, people are going to see this. But if it's fake, it's like, well, you know, this could just happen again and again and again and again. 
And also, if it's fake and you want to see that body, then the picture is probably already out there. Right. Yeah. It's very bizarre. But Photoshop, with the ability now to put somebody in a completely different setting as well, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, you're just thinking of practical jokes that could be played on people. It's like you could take people's photos and put them into a variety of situations they would never have been in, you know, for hilarity to ensue, you know, or if you're a really a nefarious person, I guess it's usually to try to extort money out of them. But as we have talked about throughout the whole run of this show, we are now at the time in the history of technology and computers that you can no longer believe anything you see, hear, read. It's all. It's all bullshit at this point. Nothing is easy to confirm at this point. The the only thing that you can believe online is Grumpy Old Benz. Correct. And we'll tell you. Which would have been a great segue into a donation segment, but I think we're a bit early. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little early stuff. Unless we're only doing like 60 minutes today. We're like, screw these guys. We're out of here. Well, I I, I don't know. Did we get enough donations to make it worth it? (laughs) Well, I mean, now that cold acid came in, I mean, he's he's got the big swinging. acid and uh, big so. swinging acid yeah got big that's the show title <laughs> He's hopefully not around. for our show but it is a show title yeah it could be for that other rare encounter show that comes on on the no agenda so stream. many rare encounter shows yeah then they'll be like hey man they were talking about us on grumpy old Ben's man and they weren't even making fun of the anime stuff i don't know rare encounter is dead to me because abel kirby never talks about angry tech news anymore Wow, what's wrong? Did you guys have a falling I, out? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Maybe he just doesn't like me. Maybe he's finally figured out that I'm a terrible podcaster. A terrible at podcasting or just a terrible podcaster? No, I, I, the, the latter, I think. <laughs> That's what they, they come here for. Or people. maybe Cold Acid sent him some fake nudes. That could be. And that horrified him. And he's like, I can't even listen anymore because now I see that every time I hear the show, that image is burned firmly into his mind. <laughs> Do not believe anything you see online. Do not. So, tech stories. That was the greatest tech story we'll ever bring you. Yes. So let's let's have a massive letdown. I'm going to shaggy dog this stuff. Western Digital is age shaming drives. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Once they hit three years, it just says, yeah. oh, your drive's old now. It's, what? Yeah. The, the warning, apparently, the this became a story when the warning started showing up in Synology Disk Station Manager, which I'm not familiar with, but apparently is. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's the uh, operating system for the NAS. OK, yeah, I, I figured it was some kind of management software for a NAS. And uh, uh, Synology started getting a ton of support calls saying, uh, what is going on? Why is my drive saying this? And they went and said, uh, this is coming from the Western Digital Drive, the Western Digital Device Analytics uh, software, which is supposed to watch the drive. It's kind of like a, a smarter version of smart that is supposed to watch the drive for things like, uh, you know, missed sectors or uh, at a higher rate of errors in a particular po- things th- that are indications that the drive should fail because it pops up a big warning that says, uh, you know, effectively means your drive is about to fail and you should replace it. That's kind of what the whole point of this is. But Western digital started popping up a warning that said, this drive is about to fail 
for no reason other than it's been in continuous use for three years. Right. It's like, well, we're reaching the end of the life cycle. So, yeah, which is the the recommended life cycle from Western Digital. People always come up with their own and don't really appreciate that that Western Digital is now popping this up. And, you know, my first thought when I read this is, why is this a huge controversy? Are people just really triggered by the little red light popping up in their NAS manager? I guess. I mean, a lot of people, including myself, I think it is an interesting feature to be warned because I throw drives into all sorts of machines. And to me, I have a horrible concept of time. I'm like, no, no, that's only been like two years. I've had that drive in there. And then I'm like, oh, wait, six years. Shit. That's uh, that's a lot longer. So having a little warning pop up that says, hey, just to let you know. Now, I don't know if it keeps coming back. If you're like, OK, I get it that it's an old drive, but to pop up something at one point to say, Hey, just to let you know, we've reached what is the end of our normal life spot, you know, lifespan. Maybe you'll get another three years, but beware that you may lose data. If you have uh, too many drives in this state. Yeah. I, I don't have any idea if, if this is a, if maybe, maybe the way they went about it of popping up a, Hey, your drive's about to fail warning is it might be overkill, but Having an indication of that does seem like it'd be helpful. Yes. Uh, the, the actual error warning that pops up in the disk manager is the drive has accumulated a large number of power on hours throughout the entire life of the drive. Please consider to replace the drive soon. Consider to replace. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, nobody accused programmers of grammaring. It was probably chat GPT. It may have been. Um, but while I was digging, I did actually answer my own question. Why is this a problem? Yeah. You know, okay. Let's back up. And I know this as, as a, a programmer, especially when uh, dealing with uh, a bug load in a pro in an existing product. Uh, it's the broken windows theory. If you attune yourself to say, Oh, a warning light is perfectly normal for such and such product. You're not going to notice new warning lights. And therefore you know, the first warning light always gets a ton of of attention. But after you've got four warning lights that have been on for a year because you're like, well, I always run my drives for five years and they said three. So for the last two years, there are permanent warning lights on. Then you're not going to notice if WD then pops up another warning that says, oh, and by the way, this thing just lost 73 sectors all in one right. Which would be a pretty big red flag. And if they're the same level, you're not going to see that. And that's going to lead to data loss. So that is a concern. But the other thing that I know learned uh, about Synology disk station is that. Uh, and maybe you understand what these con what these terms mean, because I don't I don't run NA commercial NAS software says that you cannot repair a pool with a drive marked with a warning label and that only drives with a healthy status can be used to repair or expand a storage pool. <laughs> okay, what that's basically saying is if you have to rebuild your data, it's going to say that drive is bad and not allow you to use it. So it's kind okay. of making the drive unusable then if it hits that point and you need to do anything. If there's any kind of issue whatsoever where there's an issue with the data where it needs to be rebuilt, it won't do it on those drives. So here's an interesting thing. If you have a, uh, say, four drives in a RAID 5, and you need to then re one crashes out totally 
and you need to rebuild it, but the other three are over the three years old. Do you just lose all your data because it's going to go? Nope. I, I don't know. Now, Synology, who uh, is at least somewhat sympathetic, has published on their site instructions on how to suppress the warning or to disable WD device analytics entirely so that the software will use the drive. That makes but sense. Just use that just their own. popped out at me as, as okay, this is actually a reason why Western Digital popping up what a lot of people are assuming is a spurious error. It will actually impact your ability to run your NAS. Yeah, because it's going to make people have to go learn how to get around it, which a lot of people are never going to be able to figure out how to do it. If they're just home users, especially, they're going to be like, I don't know, it's broke. Is it unreasonable of me to assume that if you're running a NAS, you've got a, a certain minimum level of understanding of how it works? I don't think so anymore. I think <laughs> I think people just buy them and... As long as you can follow the basic setup, which you can usually find online and it takes, which is usually a wizard, uh-huh, takes a matter of a few minutes. Once something goes wrong, I don't think you're ready. And now you're looking to find the answers and how to do that. And if you don't know, for a lot of people, if you lose access to your NAS and the only way you can get in is with uh, using SSH right there is going to kill like 90 percent oh. of the people. Oh, yeah. SSH is a lost art. Yeah. They're like, well, where's the web interface? Yeah. It's not. Where's my dashboard? Uh Uh-huh. You have to SSH in and people look at you like, what? What's SSH? Like, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, SSH (laughs) is code for your data's gone. Go just buy a new one. Make some new data. Yeah. Oh, backup, backup, backup. This is where cloud services. Well, that's what the NAS is for. Uh Uh-huh. Should I be saying NAS? Am I, do I sound like an idiot saying NAS? Yeah, that sounds like a uh, militant group or something. The NAS was. Well, I, I, after I read this article, it kind of is true. They like claimed- the number of people who were shrieking about how this is nothing more than a cash grab from Western Digital was. Well, it partially like, is because they're well, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of their motivation. But the the idea is. We know that statistically a percentage of our drives fail after three years. So let's tell people about it. Yes. And again, let them know they do not last forever. And you should think about it, getting a new one, which is, I think, way better as a consumer who has purchased Western digital drives. One of them, which well, actually two failed in a NAS at the same time, which is what they're trying to prevent with this. Don't yes. let it get to that point, because if you have two drives fail at the same time, at least now, if that point comes after, you know, if that happens four years in Western Digital's like, well, we told you a year ago. <laughs> yeah, you should that replace. might be, too. Uh-huh. There might be a, a CYA aspect to this, too. I wouldn't doubt it, because that would make a lot of sense. And it's like, hey, we told you that you've reached the end of life on this and you could keep using it. But. You might want to think about protecting your data. It all depends what it is. Uh, Being that they're up to, what, 22 terabyte? Are there any bigger than 22 terabyte drives now? I think 22 is the biggest that I've seen. I'm the wrong person to ask. I know. You have got like five. You've got like, well, what, about one terabyte total? I, I spent two decades chasing the biggest drives I could possibly find. And somewhere maybe five, 10 years ago, I made the realization that I just don't store enough data to need the biggest drives anymore. 
the uh, the guy Linus from uh, the YouTube videos. He was just buying a huge thing that had like a hundred different drives, but they were six hundred gigabyte drives. And the guy with them's like, "Yeah, you could replace this now with like one one small yeah. drive that sits on your desktop." Uh, well, one hundred drives at six hundred giga. Yeah, you're looking at sixty terabytes. Yeah, I they, there might there probably exist drives that big at this point. Yeah, the one and only Progo says 22 terabyte is maxed for the three and a half inch drives. He said today he heard someone is working on 48 terabytes. Damn. Wow. And my C drive is still 120 gigabytes. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, that's all you need. It's like you only need 16. It would be all I need if the only thing I put on it was my operating system. But every time a program like Chrome comes and takes a shit on it without asking (laughs) me where I want to put the files. 40 terabytes. That's big. That's still big. I have so many sim links stick pointing out of my C drive because of software that doesn't understand installing the alternate drives. Well, yeah, because windows likes to put it all on that main drive. Yeah. You can hack some of the stuff, but a lot of times then it's like, no, and, don't want to work right. And, and one of the few program, one of the few directories in the entire windows operating system that cannot be moved is C program files. Nope. Nope. But I did like, uh, I saw a YouTube video of a guy doing reviews. I don't remember who made these. It was, I'm sure it was one of the large uh, tech companies that made a NAS that had just M2 drives in it. And it was incredibly fast, as you would imagine. And for, for the people like your co host who don't know what M2 means, well, that's the little uh, solid state drive, the new, the, uh, so that's the uh, after SSD, after the fast little ones came the. Uh, oh, the, yeah. OK. The M2 format. Uh, so they just plug in and it's just like a memory stick, more or less. So these things took like, I forget how many, maybe the basic one was like four or five and the bigger one was 10 or so. And it's like, damn, that's an interesting concept. All the beauty is it's not magnetic, although I don't know what the the running time and lifespan. I never really looked into these new drives, what they actually are rated for and what you should expect. I mean, I just know that if they're not magnetic, if they fail, they then, fail. Then they don't stick to your fridge. Uh-huh. They really fail. <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't like, have anything left there too. It's not like, I don't think there's any part. I don't think there is any such thing as a partial failure of one of those drives. I think it either like, works like or it for don't. as long as we've had uh, magnetic drives, you're like, well, most of the data is still there and special utilities can probably you know, scan the sectors file by or, you know, sector by sector and find it. No, just gone. You got you got a memory drive. Then then, yeah, it just uh, everything's gone. And it's a beautiful I mean, it's great because it's fast and it's small. But for those who uh, need a lot of storage, you, there's always an option. I'm like, oh, it's interesting to have a, a NAS without any moving parts, without any magnetic drives. I mean, I know you can do it with the SSDs because the SSDs now just are uh, off the bat are way cheaper than they used to be. I have way too much to store and you have nothing. So together we just even out. Well, yeah, I'm actually coming around to the idea of storing some. The more things that I see getting censored off of the Internet, the more things I'm like, well, that's controversial. It's going to be deleted by somebody soon. Better store it. Uh-huh. Local. That way, when the internet goes down and you want to watch TV. I mean, I it. already, 
I already do that with uh, things like documents and articles that I want to use for more than one podcast worth week or, but uh, those don't take much space. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'd be like, Oh, this movie it's controversial. It needs to go. Actually, that's true of a number of the documentaries. I don't know what I'm saying right now. I don't know. Did you have enough sleep? I mean, you didn't listen to rare and I'm sorry, behind the schemes last night. I did not. Bull after bull was on last night, though. Yeah, but you didn't listen. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> so that you don't have that excuse as you did. No, I was I was playing Starcraft with uh, Bemlet last mm-hmm. night. Interesting. Until 1 a.m. Well, see, that's even I don't know if that's any better. I don't think it is. That'll rot your brain very quickly. Are you yes. buying and selling virtual spaceships like Gene yet? Is that no, uh, no. Starcraft is a game from, I want to say, 1996. It's a little bit older. Um, it, it was remastered a couple of years ago, and now uh, it uh, Blizzard has released it. And for multiplayer, you have to sign into Battle.net, which, trust me, is annoying. But, uh, you know, uh, the sacrifices I make in order to uh, crush my brother with a Zerg rush. That sounds painful for him. I not usually it isn't doesn't usually work. So the next one I have uh, is my week without Amazon, which this popped up over and over again on uh, the Fetties because it is so incredibly ridiculous, but it is the kind of thing I rant about. Did you hear about this one? I did not. I'll read the first couple. This was actually uh, the source is an anonymous substack from somebody who uh, says that this actually happened to him, but will not give his name because he doesn't want the attention. I don't blame him for that, but it does mean the entire thing could have been made up. I'm going to choose to say it wasn't. Um, but his substack, I'll read the first couple paragraphs. A package was delivered to my house on Wednesday, May 24th, and everything seemed fine. The following day, however, I found that my Echo Show had signed out and I was unable to interact with any of my smart home devices. My initial assumption was that someone might have attempted to access my account repeatedly, triggering a lockout. Uh, He then says he called up Amazon customer service, who put him in touch with a special department. Uh, When he talked to them, the person was accusatory, says, well, do you know why your account was locked? No. Um, He says that during that call. Uh, was I was told that the driver who had delivered my package reported receiving racist remarks from my ring doorbell. Uh, and he points out in the substack that it's actually a Yuffie, but I'll let that slide. So let's stop right here and acknowledge here's what Amazon is doing. Um, if uh, an Amazon delivery person comes up and rings your talking doorbell and your talking doorbell calls him, you know, a white man or something equally horrible and racist, then Amazon will shut down your account. And once that happens, you don't get, you lose control of all of your smart home devices. That's what this was saying. Now, they would have to be Amazon smart home devices, I would guess. But if the doorbell (laughs) wasn't, then this seems a little dubious as well. If it wasn't a ring doorbell that Amazon owns, because Yuffie's a completely different company, yeah, not it's a different company with Amazon, uh, as far as I know. I mean, the the Amazon part of this was uh, Amazon delivery person reported that the doorbell called him a racist or whatever, and then Amazon canceled the account and that disabled the Echo, which I guess is how this guy was 
interacting with all of their smart home devices. And okay, I'm 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 very much trying to suppress my annoyance of you know the very idea that you build an entire smart home full of devices and then you control it with the Amazon thing. But you know, live and learn. I guess everybody's got to screw up badly somehow. Yeah, anyway, well, everybody has in their API, it seems, or you're using something like if this, then that. But a lot of these companies will build in to their API. Oh, connected to the Amazon speaker. Oh, connected to the Apple speaker. Oh, connected exactly. to the Google speaker. So uh, dude has video cameras on everything because smart home. So he checked the footage uh, at the timestamp that the, the that the Amazon's band department gave him nobody was home he confirmed it he confirmed that the house was empty and actually had footage with audio of the person the delivery dude walking up hitting the doorbell and the yuffie very clearly on the video issued an automated response that was excuse me can i help you the driver was wearing headphones at the time and then walked dropped the package on the floor and walked away so what we have here is a driver with wax in his ears and probably eye pins as well, who heard the Yuffie say, excuse me, can I help you? And decided that that was a racist comment and reported it back to Amazon. Amazon then disabled the guy's account and started an investigation. <laughs> well, you'd think <laughs> since he was talking to the band department at Amazon and he submitted the evidence from his video camera saying this is what actually happened. Wouldn't you think that that'd be a good time for Amazon to go? Oh, sorry, my bad. I'll just turn your stuff back on and we're, we're good. Right. We, we apologize here. Yes. Have a $5 gift card. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a cool thing to do for a, co- a company that cares about its customers? I would think, I mean, although I don't well, that's know why Amazon didn't do it. I have no idea why. Well, let me say, I, let me back that up slightly. I get a decent amount of Amazon packages. And 95% of those, they are not going to ring the doorbell. The only time that I ever have Amazon drivers here, and I guess every Amazon driver may be different. The only time they tend to ring the doorbell is if it's a nighttime delivery. For some reason, I guess that and rightfully so they figure you're not going to see the package. So if it's a nighttime delivery, they'll ring the doorbell. Otherwise, never. So I don't know why this guy was even ringing the doorbell. Or if you had your head, you know, again, if you were waiting for somebody, your headphones would be off. If you're ringing the doorbell, you, you know, <laughs> you're funny. No, know, no. The music no. is far more important than the deliveries. Well, see, there you now, go. But I just want to know happen, what they heard. What did they think this said? Do we know what they think this said? No. And actually, I don't I can't now that I think back to reading the article, which I'm not going to reread right now. I, I don't know for sure that he even bothered to ring the doorbell. It could be that the doorbell being a smart home device used some kind of scanner that saw there was a person there and said, excuse me, can I help you? I guess you could be close enough to where it just yeah. talked. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've had Amazon people who, who literally like my, my carport is probably a good 35 feet from my door. And there's a, uh, open area in between that gets rained on. And I've had plenty of people will come up to my open side carport and set a package on the trunk of my car and then walk away. And then 20 minutes later, I get a, a, a message 
saying, you know, through the Amazon app or whatever. I don't get it. I don't have apps, but my wife will get a message saying your package has been delivered and here it is. And then it's a photo of, you know, usually right. a photo of really close up on the package. So you can't even tell where it is. Like they don't even bring it to the door half the time. It is not a priority. What the Amazon people have to do is they have to either uh, bring it up and hand it to a person and then get the person's name which involves social interaction. And most of them will shy away from that or put it in a safe designated place near the door and take a photo of where it is and upload the photo to the app, which then gets sent to the customer. So I, I mean, safe designated places is definitely a, a topic for some argument, but uh, it doesn't surprise me in the least that they'll show it. Even if there's somebody, even if there's somebody standing at the door, I have been there. I've seen the truck come up. I went to the door. I opened the door and the dude ignored me, set the package on the ground, took a photo and walked away. This is a bizarre story. (laughs) Okay. So obviously if Amazon cared about its customers, uh, they would have seen the video evidence and go, oh, sorry, my bad. Here's a $5 gift card. Uh, you know, it, it's all good here. We'll turn your stuff back on. Sorry for any inconvenience. But of course, since Amazon doesn't care about the customers, that's not what happened. Uh, they said, well, uh, thank you for the evidence. Uh, we will be starting our investigation soon and let you know about its progress. Well, this was Wednesday that it happened. Uh, it was Friday by the time he got the notice that they were starting the investigation. And they said the investigation could take two to three business days. Uh, More importantly, he said, again, quoting from the article, the timing couldn't have been worse. The onset of the Labor Day weekend was approaching and I was keen to resolve the issue. What? I'm just laughing that it's like, oh, the timing could never be worse. It's like, okay. Oh, oh, I thought maybe you caught the gaff in there. Labor Day is in September. You probably Uh, meant Memorial Day, but I'll let that slide. Yeah, close enough. Close (laughs) enough. He said Labor Day weekend was approaching and I was keen to resolve the issue before the long weekend. However, despite numerous calls and emails, it wasn't until Friday afternoon that I received confirmation that the investigation had started. Started. Two days. Everything shut off. Entire account was disabled because a driver couldn't take their fucking earbuds out in order to make a delivery. Well, now here's the interesting thing. I'm guessing and I don't see this in the. in the article here, I'm pulling this out of uh, the Daily Mail. Okay. I don't see any information about the driver, but the homeowner is African-American. The yes. neighborhood is mainly African-American. So they they throw the N-word around amongst themselves. It's like, that's not even a racist thing. Are you going to tell me that if you're a black guy in a black neighborhood and the guy went to his doorbell and said, hey, what's up, N-word? Well, that's not even racist at that point. See, I, I read in his sub stack. He didn't say he was black. He didn't come out and say it. And I don't think it's relevant. In fact, that is a, that is a third rail. I was going to leave out of the story. Oh, that's the fun part. But um, he did say uh, is something about, you know, the driver said I was racist, but uh, you know, I, he, he mentioned that, uh, he is this roughly the same race as everybody else. And there shouldn't have been a problem <laughs> or near, you know, everybody nice. else in the neighborhood. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I, I, see, I was thinking this whole thing was made up except for the uh, daily which is not exactly the pinnacle of journalism. They went to Amazon who 
issued a statement on this. So I'm assuming this actually happened. So this is kind of confirmation because otherwise, if the Daily Mail goes to Amazon and says, hey, tell us about this, they'd be like, we know nothing about that. But did you have the Amazon statement there? Uh, Amazon, uh, as of the time of posting of this Substack, Amazon hadn't made a statement on it. Well, the statement they gave to the Daily Mail is this. We work hard to provide customers with a great experience while also ensuring drivers who deliver Amazon packages feel safe. Well, good luck with that. In other words, that's not a statement at all. Uh-huh. In this case, but- we learned through our investigation that the customer did not act inappropriately and we are working directly with the customer to resolve their concerns while also looking at ways to prevent a similar situation from happening again, end quote. Well, I guess that driver is going to be fired. I, the, there's a very good chance of that. Yeah, they the people who work the warehouses and work delivery at Amazon are highly disposable. Yeah. But in this case, so, it's like, well, so if you're a Amazon delivery driver and you have a beef with one of the people you deliver to i guess all you have to do is go back to work and go hey this guy called me a racist name that seems to be what what can happen yes that seems to be how it works and it is only the fact that this got a ton of attention in the big media that there will be any consequences whatsoever i think to the driver it's like anyway to finish up the story uh it he ended up finally getting his account turned back on the following wednesday so he had one whole week seven days of uh, oh, the humanity. He had to manually turn his lights on and off in his house. <laughs> How dare they make me turn my lights on? Oh, just kidding. He mentioned that he used Siri for all of his home automation that week instead of oh. Amazon Echo. Right. Because again, it's just into the <laughs> API. You just switch from one device to the other. <clears throat> and, you know, the Siri thing is way easier because if you have an Apple watch like I do, you just carry Siri with you wherever you go. That sounds so creepy. I know. <laughs> Hey, Siri, are you creepy at all? Come on. Now, one of the things that he said in this, I had to I had to pull out. Uh, He says, let me be clear. I fully support. Let me be clear. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I fully support Amazon taking measures to ensure the safety of their drivers. However, I question why my entire heart smart home system had to be rendered unusable during their internal investigation. Yes, the answer, buddy, is because you put your entire smart home in the hands of a giant corporation that has shit customer service and does not have your interests in mind. This is what happens. You trusted them. They don't give a crap about you. Amazon is not unique. Every huge Silicon Valley corporation has discovered that tech support, customer support is a big cost area. And if you only support them through some kind of email that nobody reads, you can save a lot of money. They don't have your interests in mind. They do not care about you. They do not give a crap whether or not you're capable of turning on your Sonos radio in the shower from the bedroom. They only want you to keep using their stuff and paying them for it. Well, the bizarre part of this is delivery and the Amazon Echo thing you know those teams are not related at all so how far did this have to go up a chain of a driver complains that allegedly something was said to him and rather than contacting the customer to talk to the customer first they decide to just turn all their shit off that seems to be a very weird way of dealing with this i don't think anybody in echo had anything to do with this i think that it went up to their 
general purpose fuck over users department and they shut off the account. <laughs> Wait, how do which I get a job the there? To sign out. Oh, come on. You'd love to work in that department. I would. I would excel if I worked in such a department. Yes. <laughs> how do we piss off customers today? Hey, I've got plenty of ideas. We, we or, uh, you know, in corporate speak, we call it the customer disservice department. Uh-huh. The, uh huh. The we're not happy unless you're not happy. It said this guy's a University of Maryland graduate. He is now considering using Raspberry Pi devices rather than those connected to Amazon. So he's learning. Maybe. Um, You know, if if he was taking advice from me, not that he has any reason to, I might suggest another alternative. And that is that all of my lights are controlled by little devices that are mounted on the wall in the room where the light is relevant. Oh, you so, got a switch. Yeah. Yeah. There's like if if I am. In a room that has a light, then nearby on the wall, there will be a little device that I can manipulate physically that controls the light. Now, it has a disadvantage that I can't control the light when I'm not in the room. But since I'm not in the room, I don't give a crap about <laughs> controlling that light. No, it's great. You know, you can turn your light on and off from anywhere. I remember that with the first thing <laughs> when this this technology came out with the plugs where people would be sitting you know, hey, I'm in the middle of Arkansas and my home is in California. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm turning my lights on and off <laughs> and confusing the crap out of the neighbors. <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? Why is that happening? I don't know. But it's just a very weird situation that it got without any inquiry to the customer. This is literally insanity that Amazon just goes, well, our employee said something, so we're going to treat this as gospel, and we are going to piss off a paying customer who is obviously in our ecosystem, so the guy has probably bought multiple devices. Oh, certainly, and and is getting de- is getting deliveries from Amazon. I mean, yes, Amazon has their hooks in this guy, uh, and you're right. You are, you are, you're not wrong. This is a massive customer disservice. I think the thing that bugs me is that it is has become so common. I used to I used to try to deal with uh Xbox customer support back in the day. Uh watching the number of people who come in and are like my account got banned and the the people who are on the service line are complete assholes and are totally jaded. Now part of the reason is 99% of them their account got banned because they dropped too many F-bombs in a game or, uh, you know, called somebody uh, I, I, the term I'm probably not going to use on a podcast. Well, I'm not right. Not today. I, I probably will later. But 99% of the people that these guys deal with on a daily basis are guilty. And the result is that these big customer abuse departments uh, are full of underpaid people who have to deal with the worst humanity has to offer and at some point you get jaded and just start treating a hundred percent of customers like they're horrible, evil people who need to be stomped down. And the only reason they're even talking to you is so you can explain to them why they're horrible and evil. And when you hit the 1% who really aren't evil people or, or are innocent, it becomes a terrible customer service. And this is a side effect of being a gigantic corporation that does not give a, I'm not saying giant corporations are automatically actively hostile to the customers. I mean, there's financial incentive to that, but that's not what I'm saying right now. I'm saying they literally do not have any incentive to care about you because if they make a mistake, statistically, they're still up 99%. And as soon as you storm off and get pissed and leave the company, 
you know, and go to their competition. There's three other people waiting in the wings. So what do they care? No, and Amazon is so big and so ingrained that they probably feel like, well, you're going to come back. It's an abusive relationship right there. It's like, but you're going to come back because who else are you going to order from? Walmart, bitch? No. <laughs> Walmart can't do what I do. No. And and the type, if I may, the type of person who is building out smart home devices in every corner of their house might also be the kind of person who thinks it's more convenient to order out for delivery than to, oh, I don't know, go to a physical location to purchase an item. Oh, there's no doubt. If you have a backup Apple device for your Amazon device, then you know <laughs> you, uh, you're ready for the apocalypse, man. Yeah. It's like, I get it, but the, the oddity is just one. Uh, I want to know what the guy thought he heard, and they never mention in these kind of stories because you know it's you you can't even use any of the words in the guise of trying to get to the truth you just have to say no no i thought i heard a racist statement like what did you think you heard he almost certainly did not report what he heard well that's even better like they just he he just has to say i i heard a racial slur for Uh all we know this guy has uh is a snowflake with a very weird flex who thinks that excuse me is a racial slur right and with all of these doorbells and things like that that have speakers in it, we know they're easy enough to hack. There's plenty of funny videos on the internet of people hacking, especially the drive-through lines of uh, fast food oh, restaurants. Yeah. So if there's, somebody- there's plenty of stories of people's ring doorbells or or Yuffie in this case actually spouting racist shit. Yeah, I mean, if you had the ability to access somebody else's doorbell in the middle of whatever town nobody knows who you are that would be hilarious to do yeah, that you don't even have to be anywhere nearby you just have to be on the internet because all of these things are just connected through big silicon valley databases uh-huh so if somebody finds it that was one of the deals with uh one of the uh smart thermostats i thought that all of a sudden start spewing stuff stuff to people in the home and their children were horrified at whatever the thermostat was saying uh, but, I'd, know, I'd be creeped out of my thermostat started talking to me too well yeah especially if it wasn't a smart a smart yeah. thermostat <laughs> i don't have a smart thermostat you're like uh I'm, I'm the hell out of here gotta go i mean i actually don't have a thermostat at all on my central heating because my central heating is a wood stove yeah i i want to turn up the heat i put more fuel in the fire and light it what about your central air those are called windows and they're actually decentralized i have to go <laughs> to the location in each room to turn them on and off. This sounds like a lot of work. How do you automate that? Is that what you have a wife for? Uh, yes. You're like, open the Actually, window. no, no, that my wife automates it because she has me. <laughs> right. Go close that. I mean, uh, can you open the window, Ryan? I'm a little warm. You open the window, you sit down. Yeah. I'm a little cold now. Can you go close that like halfway? No, no, you I mean, closed that's it. That's how it happens. Yeah. Right. <laughs> can you close that halfway? What? No, Why? that's not halfway. It, it's amazing how, what you can get used to. I believe it or not. Am capable of getting out of this lazy boy once in a while. Now, uh, there's a lot more groaning and creaking and popping of joints when I try to get out of this lazy boy than there was 15 years ago. Is that the lazy boy getting older or you? Yes. Yes. Hey, I'm the one that took a header into a laundry hamper. So there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm the one who who apparently injured myself by walking in a forest. (laughs) See, I still I'll go with that one because at least I tripped over something. 
I mean, I did too. There was a root. It was so true. And you didn't put the root there. So I guess I still lose on this one because <laughs> I put the thing down there. I was like, what? No, no. How really. was I supposed to know that there would be a root on the ground in the forest? In the forest? You should go only go to the man-made forest with the AstroTurf. Oh, yes. Where, where every single one of the trees is one of those cell towers in disguise. Yes. And I mean, at least you're out there in nature playing with the... Uh, the frisbee golf, whatever you call that thing. Yeah. Where, uh, every, every disc golf, the disc golf. Now is, is pickleball like a thing by you? Cause every time I'm like these little newspaper things that I don't want that show up every week or so for, you know, the local things going on. There's always like, there's a new pickleball center opening up. It's like, what the fuck is this all about? I am not sure about pickleball, but I'm behind the times because it was only recently that I learned about cornhole. See, and that's been going on for a long time in a lot of different ways. Let me tell you. <laughs> cornholing? Yeah. yeah. People not, have been cornholing each other since the beginning of time. They do it every Wednesday on Rare Encounter. <laughs> where's, where's You're the, insufferable. Yeah. Where's the rim shot there? Come on. I mean, nope. It's because cold acid finally maybe, gave a maybe donation. Maybe you can get Abel Kirby to play you a rim shot. Maybe. But I, he'd rather give it. Nah, forget it. I won't even go there. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. We, You'd we, be making me blush if I had any shame. We did go out to uh, one of our favorite Mexican restaurants the other day, and I had a pineapple Doritos, and I was like, ah, cold acid would approve. He would pineapple Doritos? Doritos, the uh, drink. Oh, oh yeah. Jaritos. Jaritos, no. yes. I, I mean, whatever. I know. Jaritos. I, and, I, and I feel stupid because it's like, I'm like, yeah, I order it, and then, of course, the woman that owns the place always takes her order. I'm like, you know, I, and then you try to say it right, but then you don't want to sound like you're racist, overly trying to say, you know, trying to do the flourish and all that. And it's like, yeah, pineapple uh, juritos. And she's like, ah, pineapple juritos. So it's like, that doesn't sound anything like what I said. Yeah, yes. that's, that's why I don't bother. I'd be like, I'll take a pineapple juritos <laughs> with my steak vaginas. Yes. Can you, can you do that extra well, please? <laughs> muy, muy bueno. Thank you very much. But it was delightful. Really, I try to avoid the sugary drinks, but a, one of those every now and then is uh, is really good. I mean, I think that's the best. I've for years I've said the best soft drinks come out of Mexico for uh, the Mexican Coke. That used to be the reason to have a Costco membership, and I noticed. And I'm like, uh, we were walking by. It was the first time we were in a Costco in a long, long time. Last week or two weeks ago, the wife and I went, and now the containers of the i'm trying to remember how many are in there but it used to be 18 maybe it is a dozen where it used to be 18 bucks for the dozen i think now it's up to like 30 wow i know it's like for coke not you even know, the when, good stuff when i was in high school say i used to have a, a rule of thumb which was when i was going to purchase soft drinks soda pop whatever um there was a threshold for what price I was willing to pay. And that was always 25 cents a can, which turns out to be $3 for a 12 pack or $6 for a full case. Uh, that was always my threshold. And I would not purchase soda if it was more than that. And I drank a lot of soda back in the day, which probably explains why I look the way I do. But what I've done over the years is no matter what inflation is doing, no matter what uh, the prices are doing, I have stuck with that threshold. And nowadays it is pretty goddamn rare to find soda pop for less than 25 cents a can. Oh yeah. So I just don't drink much, which is great. There is uh, 
some of these things that are out there now that are two dollars plus a can and it's like whoa oh yeah especially the the novelty ones especially and then, then the cans are like six and a half ounces or something. i know the cans keep getting smaller there's a few like, of okay, them okay so so you're giving me a swallow of some very premium small batch handcrafted soda and that's a dollar and then if i am still thirsty after just enough to wet the inside of my mouth just enough to, to make you thirstier yeah there's just enough in the can that you're like this is going to make me even more thirsty like no i'll just uh i'll just skip out on your sugar water i'll go to the next aisle over where they have for uh you know for a buck 98 a uh, 24 pack of plastic bottles filled with well what's probably tap water from flint michigan but it's still at least not sugary yeah no no kidding the uh what is it with these are like 11 ounces and i like these but they're a little they're 6.99 i can get them on sale it's a six pack green cola sour cherry it's delightful but the fact that you're over a bucket can for soda although it's only like 25 calories for the can and it's not loaded up with sugar it actually uses the cherry to uh, you know get a little bit of sweetness to it Way better than, you know, just popping a, a Pepsi or something like that. But water is water is your friend and make your own damn iced tea. That's the uh, yeah, that's the way to go. If you need a little caffeine, I have no name in the troll room is saying five dollars a bottle, five dollar bottles of water at amusement parks is over the top. Uh, and uh, I, I was actually at uh, I, I didn't pay for the tickets. I was invited by somebody, but I was at a professional sports ball game at one of the big stadiums in Seattle a few months ago. The football one uh, or baseball? Uh, it was XFL, actually. Yeah, the football. Yeah. And bottle. Uh, or, well, first of all, why drink water? If you're at a big sporting event, you want to be drinking alcohol. Well, that's the reason to go to the sporting event. Yeah, 14 bucks. $14 for a can of beer. Damn. And $9.50 for a bottle of water. Okay, that's insanity. (laughs) Well, and the beer was domestic, so it was basically $14 for a bottle of water. But um, Which one had a higher water content? Yeah. (laughs) I I did not actually order Bud Light, in case you're asking, and you're not. You're a Bud Light fan? I'll just say it. it, 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 it. that was over the top. Of course we paid because I had to get drunk. I mean, you don't watch football when you're not drunk, but the problem is, of course, it takes like a six pack of that stuff in order to get me buzzed. Right. So it's like a hundred bucks to be like, I'm finally where I want to be, which, which by the way is why if you're smart, what you do is you go get, go to the local liquor store before walking in and you bring in a bunch of the little tiny bottles of liquor. Yeah, that's why there's plenty of ways to sneak that stuff in. I like yeah. my favorite was the uh, the binoculars that were hollowed out for. Oh, the, nice! Uh-huh. I haven't heard that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> you can fit a lot of booze in an emptied out binoculars. That's uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's a straight up hip flask. Uh huh. Like, nope, they're binoculars. I don't know if they still let you into events with those. You could kill somebody with that. But for a hundred bucks, damn, cold acid will dance for you for a hundred bucks. Okay, I'll just keep my money. Thank you then. I'd rather be flush in cash than uh, than see that. Nothing does. I mean, with that said, we should probably do our donation segment. Uh, yeah, and it's gone. 
It's what the donation oh, segment is. Called. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everybody. We've been here all week. No, because uh, cold acid came in first and foremost. I mean, you, I, wow. This is why we have to harass him. If we don't harass him, he doesn't feel good. We do not have uh, no agendas. Uh, you're, I know this is going to be disappointing. We do not have no agendas. Twenty four hundred listeners live right now during going into the donation segment a little less so if we get if we get 72 people falling off between now and the end of the donation segment then we're much worse (laughs) off than no agenda the stream's gone (laughs) nobody's left but our here the beautiful thing about our show is the donation segments are a lot shorter yes yes that helps and that's you you might even be able to get through it without nodding off Uh uh-huh but cold acid man 25 bucks Right before the show went live, he says, Arch well, you know, rules, Windows drools. We want you on Arch Linux, I guess. I don't know if Arch is my thing, but we'll talk afterward because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm actively shopping for uh, distros. I don't know enough about the management underneath. Like, this is going to sound like the most horrible sacrilege in the world, but I honestly don't have a strong opinion on System D. Wow. And and now all of the Linux nerds out there are curdling and deciding that I have no dude named Ben credentials that I, you know, I might may as well be a noob because yeah, I've said Rose, that. He don't know what he's talking about. But what I'm shopping out right now, and I've been installing them on the laptop and playing with them is I'm looking for one that has a, a desktop feel that I don't hate. And it's it's tough, but uh, it, I, I please keep rolling in with your suggestions about which ones to do right now. To let's be honest, I am leaning Debian. It it, it feels pretty decent, and uh, I I've been using Debian for a while, so management is going to be easier. I don't know if I can, I'm I'm still on that line where I think I'm unfortunately caught in the Windows or Apple world. I don't know if I want the hassles of Linux. You know, it's not actually that much hassle. The The biggest problem is that there are things that feel a little bit different. And that's uh, but, okay. Um, okay, so I tried uh, one of the ones that I tried, the early ones that I tried was Mint. And um, okay, here's the kind of thing that gets me to hate your distribution. And I know this is the most petty, retarded thing in the world. Wait, do they tell you to support Ukraine? No, but if they, that's why one of the reasons I'm not going anywhere near Red Hat, Red Hat. Uh, no, I, I want to go and select something from the taskbar. And I have, uh, you know, uh, two instances of X edit open to edit two different things or, you know, two instances of something. And in the window manager that they had, the only, if you have, only one instance of a program run. If you have no instance of a program running, then just like Windows, it launches it. And if you have one instance, then just like Windows, it selects it. But if you have two instances of it, it doesn't show you multiple icons on the taskbar. It shows you one icon. And when you click it, it brings up another window that you have to navigate your mouse to and click so you can choose which instance. Right. Well, that's what Windows well, does now. Is it? Well, that's okay. What Windows well, that, 10 that does. was. Okay, the Windows 8 is uh, behaves the way I want. So that's probably why Mint does it, is they want everything to look exactly like Windows. I'm sorry. If I have two instances of a program open, it's quite possible it's because I want both instances of the program to be open, and maybe I should be able to navigate to them and don't add an extra damn click. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why that triggered me so much, but. Well, yeah, that's exactly what Windows. I, mean, I don't know what 11 does, but if I have multiple Brave browsers open, if I hover over the Brave icon on the taskbar, it'll pop up with multiple little screenshots that I have to now choose, which if it's if you're if it's a Web page. Maybe that's easy enough for most people to figure out which one they want. If you're coding something in both our text documents, good luck. Yeah, I mean, th- those are the things that I usually have multiple instances open of is I'll have multiple instances of a text editor open or multiple instances of a, a shell command line shell. Yeah. By the way, a little tiny, you know, 30 by 60 uh, I you know, thumbnail on there. I'm going to be able to tell which freaking shell I want. No. Nope. Yeah. Anyway, it should just work, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting more annoyed with every time windows forcing you. And I know there are some ways around it and you can decrapify it, but the more and more windows and Microsoft, I should say, get into this. Oh no, you have to sign into your windows account to do anything on your computer locally. That's annoying. Yeah. That that's also something that I, Windows 8 was the first one that had the option of doing that and just no. And you're right. You just say no. And it was okay with that. It wasn't a creepy stalker type of relationship. It was just like, oh, would you like to do this? And you said no. And it respected that. Cold Acid is now proving that he has never listened to a single show that I've done in the last three years. He says that the reason to use Arch Linux is because it has constant permanent auto updates. And they color code everything so you can tell easily what it is. <laughs> so yeah. So so you can have the enjoyment of updating everything all the time, all at once. You never get anything done because everything is too busy updating. This is software nirvana. Yeah. As Omega Project points out, <laughs> Windows well, eleven for him, but for me, Windows ten. I noticed the little uh, icon down in the uh, taskbar before we got to doing the show and it's like oh a download your yeah update has been downloaded you need to restart that's always a fun part of the day i decided to push it off until after the show i get that's a good idea Uh how many shows have we seen that came out like 20 minutes started 20 minutes late because the podcast is like oh i'll just run an update right before the show yeah no No, problem bad podcaster get the spray bottle it'll just work no it won't but thank you cold acid and and god help you if it decides that there's a new version of your audio driver i know well that's why i like the motu that takes a lot of those things off the table and you don't have to worry about it but this 25 dollars, i think this puts cold acid in second place overall behind the one and only mythos the jay finley walkman of buckeye otherwise known as the only guru that we have here on grumpy old Benz. I think cold acid is within just a couple hundred bucks. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Cold acid, go do the, the accounting on that one and let us know. And if you fake it, we'll never know. So, uh, yeah, I know. Well, I'm no with cold acid. I mean, with mythos, I was like, believe it with cold acid. I'm like, let me look at every PayPal I've gotten in the last <laughs> five years. I'm going to guarantee this guy's not messing with us. That rare encounter. He's like, I'm still a distance off, but uh, he has a spreadsheet. So there you go. <laughs> he has a spreadsheet. He has a spreadsheet. But our buddy Srinivas Murti coming in with nice. 1001. That's Love a that monthly. Guy. I know. And you think he donates enough to no agenda. You'd think JCD would get his name right, but he never does. I That's actually part of the charm. 
Yeah. Well, actually, you did get it right. That's part of the fabled entertainment that you get out of the donation segment is the creative ways that JCD can screw people's names up. If I'm not mistaken, there was one donation segment where JCD, without worrying about it at all, just said Srinivas Murti and moved on. And then there have been times where he's like, it's Srinivas, like, uh, I'm telling you, he plays it up. Uh I, 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 I don't. I don't mean to be giving away all of the secrets of successful podcasting, but that seems to be what I'm doing. He totally plays that up. If he can mess up your name on purpose, he going to do it. I go a different <laughs> route. I just say your podcast sucks. That's when people donate. That's what you get here yes. from Cortese. Yes. Brian Hall coming in with his two ninety three a month. I think that's the longest monthly donor we've got going. Have you measured him? Yeah, but right. it was a very small ruler. Okay. And then we did have some uh, boostograms before today's show. Yes. And as you said, Eric PP just coming in because on the last show, I think this is funny because we had a whole conversation on the last show because there was a weird note that was like, as promised during podcasting 2.0. And you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. And he's like, "Uh, you said in the in the troll room during podcasting 2.0. So I was trolling in podcasting 2.0 and I threw away. There was a throwaway line they were talking about. Uh, donating or something. And I said something to the effect of, uh, or it was something about investing in podcasting. And I said, well, and what you really should be doing is investing in grumpy old Ben's and Eric PP took it to heart. And that was where the $20 from last week came from. And, uh, because we did not know where, uh, what, what he was talking about when he said he was investing, he sent in another one, uh, in, in this case, in the form of 75,000 sats saying regarding first $20, PC20 was talking about investments and Bemrose asked the chat to invest in grumpy old Ben's and I happily obliged. Here's another $20. So I just totally screwed that one up because I should have pretended not to have any idea what he's talking about. So he would do it again. Right. It's a system. It's a self-cleaning racetrack. It just keeps <laughs> coming back. What do you mean, Eric? I don't understand. Can you, can you give us a little more information on uh, what happened here? We greatly appreciate that. Uh, there was another big baller boost. You love the baller boost. Um, I, I love the baller boost. Do not play that fucking jingle. I don't have it handy, which is sad. <laughs> a white Mike coming in with 60,000 Satoshis. That sounds like a racist name. A white Mike. I mean, I, I, it's okay to be white Mike. It, it is, it's okay to be Mike or to be white or to be a white yes. Mike. It's okay to be a white Mike with perhaps don't the, let anybody tell you different. The strangest perhaps note we've gotten. Uh, I like this note a lot. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily enough to sing about it, but the, the note is, uh, I just had an orgasm to you two singing. God, that's weird. Anyway, glad Bem's back is better. Honestly, I'm still weirded out by my first statement. Yeah. Darren's audio will change your life. Bemrose's knowledge will save your finance for those who have ears to hear pay up bitches. Yeah. Pay up bitches. Oh, and Cold Acid says he's only at 525, so he's got more than I thought. See, I was giving him way more credit. Yeah, we've given Cold Acid way too much attention for only 525. Yeah, I know. Let's move on. Yeah. No. Anyway, uh, I, I, from White Mike's note, I think that uh, the solution is that you and I need to sing duets more often. Well, I forget what we even sang. I don't rem- I remember I, doing it. It was, it was forgettable. Yeah. Oh, for but apparently caused strange physiological reactions in some of our trolls. That's what you are. Un- oh, is it unforgettable or were we singing forgettable? I don't was, want to know. If it was, I don't. It could have been a song. I hope of, it was Weird Al. It could have been a song about uh, 
rare encounter, then it would be forgettable. That's what you are. Okay, five twenty-five. We're we're moving past that. He hasn't paid for any more heckling. Joel W had a couple too, uh, talking about the AI. He had a thirty-three, thirty-three, and a one-one-one-one Satoshi, and another one-one-one-one Satoshi. Uh, I think some in the so-called AI community sounding alarms are being paid to do so. Well, no, people online are being paid to spread. <laughs> yeah, no way. Uh-huh. Paid shills never happen. Which is uh, paid, paid influencers. Yeah, which is unfortunate. We'll talk about that after the, this segment. But there was a breakdown now of where the younger folk are getting their news. And I don't think it's a surprise that uh, and it goes right along with this. Max Tegmark specifically used to have a rational take on potential issues. I don't know who that is. Now suddenly is a glorified search engine. He is helping stir in all the panic. You know, so I mean, I get it. It. uh and then he says a Debian 11 boost. So I don't know. He wants you on Debian 11. That would be my I, guess. I don't know. How old is that one? What is that new? I, yeah, that was since the last show. I've got those. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I meant, well, I meant Debian 11. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Like why specifically say 11? Cause maybe it's like the windows eight correspondence. Could be, uh, it could be the windows 11 correspondent. Net Ned says 88, 88 jitterbug phones for all. Well, that's what you need. You want the old fashioned uh, phone. One more note from Joel W. Just because uh, for uh, this guy knows how to get his money out of a boostagram. He says, uh, is it certain that schools aren't the ones enrolling phantom students? They can collect the grants, get money to fix it, but not expand the expend the time or money to teach the non-student. Sounds like something the Cali school system would do. State broke as hell. So dot, dot, dot. And I got to say, this was a take that I didn't think of, which is kind of uncommon as I, I brought the story last week about the phantom students enrolling in the schools and talked about how the schools were struggling because so many people were frauding out and in order to get financial aid checks right. and then canceling the class early uh, on. So they, you know, because they weren't actual people and his take is, well, what if the schools are the ones perpetrating the fraud for the financial aid? And I don't know exactly how that works, but it's definitely a direction I hadn't thought of. Well, that would mean that the scammers are actually paying for the class, which I don't think they are. Well, no, the federal government pays for the class, of course. You know, because Dude, otherwise hey. the schools wouldn't be reporting it. But I could see you could have empty classrooms and the schools are making money because they've created the people. but. And, and then these non these non people, the the fake made up names in a ledger somewhere, uh, carry over a bunch of student debt that then Biden forgives because he wants to get the vote of the non people who don't exist. And it'll work, too, because he's got a lot of votes from people who don't exist. Hey, they are the best voters. They are. Yeah, they never waver. True. Or they never wave either because they're not they have no hands. Right. Okay. Net Ned nice during, during this show also came in with 8888 sats. He says, so AI handies feel fake. Uh, well, no, those are real because they're attached to a, a hand, I guess. It depends on how many fingers. Right. But right. What, once you've gone the seven fingered hand job, you never go back. I mean, it would be hard to. The coverage is fantastic. And I like it. That's where Net Ned's mind immediately and goes. She, she wouldn't even need to use both hands with me. Oh. And it's, well, wouldn't even need half, but <laughs> the AI for all it can do, 
and it can do some amazing things. My favorite thing so far with the Photoshop thing is putting in a super close up shot of somebody's face and seeing what it fills in around it. I mean, it's just totally bizarre. The fact that it puts something together that looks realistic, just made out of nothing is fairly impressive. The fact that it can do that. Well, either that or it gives you a a 1967 music video type of. (laughs) Which it might. It all depends what you're feeding into it. Yeah. Yeah. What was it trained on? If it was trained on Beatles videos. You're going to get a lot of Beatles stuff. uh, But the fact that it can't figure out hands, I don't understand. It's like every picture you look at, I understand hands come in a variety of sizes, but overall are fairly consistent. Yeah, in general, most of them have about the same number of fingers. Yes, unless you've had some kind of shop accident. Yeah, or or you're a guest on The Simpsons. And usually you don't have more. So I can understand maybe now and then only having three fingers in an AI, but I don't get like the seven finger thing. Or yeah. that they're not, most of the time, they, they don't even just look like normal fingers. They are deformed horribly in one yeah, way, where, shape, or where form. Between one knuckle and the next, two fingers will merge. And I think it's because the hand can move in such different ways. You know, every fingers, you know, moves independently, obviously. So if you're looking at pictures of somebody who's, you know, doing something with their hands, that it's going to confuse it. But you would think with all of the genius behind these kind of models, that somebody could have figured out a way to go, hey, let's help this along and figure out yep. when you're going to be doing hands, give it a little help. If, like it should have four fingers and a thumb. If they can teach the AI that it's racist to critique Joe Biden, then they can certainly teach the AI that hands are always supposed to have four fingers. Uh-huh. You got to do something. It, uh, this sounds like a question that we really ought to uh, leave to the experts. And so for that, I think you should uh, you should pose it to your your good buddy, CSB, who advertises on every podcast. But this one. Yeah. Well, because because you dissed him and he said that's why he does. <laughs> Darren, I not give to that. I, I, yeah. Bembrose, yeah, yeah. Here's me. my diss. Uh-huh. Here's my diss. We don't take advertising. And I, the, I'm apparently the only person in the entire podcast realm who has ever turned down money in exchange for giving his marketing messages, which is not framed by anybody else, but it's advertising. Nice. Nice. And uh, Curtis Peterson with 20,000 Satoshis with a note that says not for the show, but the boost bot sees it and posts it in public, Curtis. Oh, geez. But this is something that I was looking for as well. So, uh, he wanted to know if anybody has a copy or theoretical source of all of the cranky old geeks episodes. I was looking for this at one point because that was something I wanted to. Speaking of having way too much storage, that was something I would have liked to save for posterity yeah. just to to go back I mean, and if enjoy. You're, if you're going to be downloading entire series of shows, then there are things far more important than, you know, some like like you could download all 13 seasons of friends right but much more valuable would be if you had every episode of the daily source code for example which i do (laughs) of course but i don't have cranky geeks i have not found that yet and there was nothing better back in the day than jcd 
mugging for the camera, doing his best David Letterman and flicking the card at the camera. <laughs> a lot of people are like, wait, he used to do a How come we don't do that. He used to because we don't do video. Good point. People are like, so JCD used to do a video show. What's that all about? Uh, that, that was that was back before a, a video podcast could be used to incriminate you. Our buddy Curtis Peterson with another 50,000 Satoshis with just F exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. see, the boost bot ruins the privacy on any of the uh, do not yeah, send us. It's nudes. also ruining my attempts to get out of this segment. Uh-huh. Do not send us uh, news with a boostergram. Uh, it, well, it, it, depending on who they're nudes of, I suppose. True. If, if, if she's cute, I, I can go with it. Did you I wanted to ask, did you get the two boosts from Booberry? I do not see them. Well, no, we mentioned them earlier. So that's right. That's oh, why okay. we mentioned them during the show. But the all the attractive women came to the no agenda stream and asked for a higher res copy. Those were the Booberry ones. Yes. And since and, we mentioned uh, yeah, them Booberry during the needs show, mentioning more often. Well, why do you want to go and uh, listen to a show and then complain? No, because I'm angling for a guest spot on a show, obviously. Oh, you want to go on to behind the screams? Well, who doesn't? You could just. It's the trendiest show in that time slot. It's the only show in that time slot. Shh. Oh, sorry. We can move their time slot too. You could, you control <laughs> the vertical. You're like, you know what guys, you pissed me off. You didn't donate enough. So here's a 3 a.m. slot for you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, they do it. It's true. They and he's got like a 5 30 a.m. Call for, for breaking down a set or something. He'd still do the show. That guy, I don't think he takes time to sleep. The Mothman and Lavash, they are dedicated podcasters. And I've caught that show every now and then, but I'm behind on like everything. I even have found myself running behind on that Larry show. Do I have to like stick myself with a poker and be like, come on, you got to listen. You got to keep up. That's nothing. I am like four weeks behind on angry tech news. <laughs> well, you don't want to know what's coming up on that show. No, <laughs> I, don't. Don't spoil it for me. Goes poorly. Let me tell you, there's a spoilers <laughs> coming. But if you want to help support this show, go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. All of the information is there. As I pointed out on No Agenda Social earlier, if you want to be trendy, we can take boosts and boostograms. And if you want to go the old-fashioned way, we got PayPal. If you hate both of those, we have a P.O. box. You can send us cash. You can send us gold. You can send us anything. Just don't send us nudes unless, well, again, unless you're attractive. If she's hot, then I'd send it. Yeah. You can go the crypto route, all sorts of different ways. You can help support this show. Be like cold acid. Now, there's something I didn't think I'd ever say. Go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. Somebody's post. There are some cranky geeks episodes, I guess, on YouTube. So uh, if you're just looking for a, a taste of what it was like back in the day, that's when it was so much fun. I loved watching Dignation and Cranky Geeks. That was the, uh, those were the two shows that were the pinnacle of the early video podcast, whatever you want to call those things. You, whatever, you know, that was the thing you had. to. We were also, though, we were also pretty hard up for content. I know there was and a so lot less there. There really were there weren't 4 million or 5 million podcasts out there at the time. So it was a lot harder to get the content. Like, for example, I used to willingly watch Leo Laporte shows. Yeah. Why? See, Gr Cranky Geeks was good when uh, Natalie Del Conte was on because she was very cute, and uh, and uh, Kara Swisher, no, less wait. less cute. 
Hey, it's just a personal preference. All the beautiful women are now on No Agenda Social, though. I've been told that by Boobery, and he does not lie. Yeah, the screensavers, too. That was uh, that was the show that took down the network. Although and Patrick I, Norton I, I, I can cool. respect that. I like Patrick Norton. I followed him, and then he his shows all died, and then he left California, I guess, and now doesn't do anything with regularity. Well, Patrick Norton was amazing when he was all tech talk all the time because he's very knowledgeable and then he started dumping politics into and, and you know not everybody can do that for example you and i do it very poorly but we do it patrick norton stuck his politics into his tech and it just clashed yeah you don't want to you know this is uh, a concept there's a fight going on now between uh, mark cuban who just said something like, well, it's good business for companies to be woke or whatever wording he used. Oh, geez. And uh, Kevin O'Leary, another shark tankers, like, are you fucking high? You're going to lose half of your audience. Yeah. yeah you're, it doesn't, depending on which way you swing, it could be one half or it could be the other half, but you're going to lose half your audience. It's a strange game. The only winning move is not to play. Uh huh. The only winning move is if you're a target store, sell your shit and shut up. Yeah. I did. Target was fine if they, you know, just like take all of the, the trans merchandise and tuck it in the back in the, the kids section where you want, you know, women with their children to go look at it and like stop calling attention to it. And you won't get the ire of all the, the red shirts out there. And uh, by, you know, by God, do not turn around and, and start backpedaling because now you're going to piss off all the blue shirts. Right. And you're going to be wound up with nobody shopping. It's like the same thing Bud Light did. And, And, you you know, let's be honest. If it it almost makes sense that all of these companies would rather pander to the left than the right, because if you pander to the right or if you pander to the left, you get boycotted by half the country. But if you pander to the right, then the people on the left will threaten to blow up your stores. Right. Which would you rather do? (laughs) I don't want to be in business. That's what I just get out of town. I get out of town. Just shut down all your stores in blue cities. It's not worth it. But as I mentioned during the donation segment, uh, this from a report. Now, where is this report out of? I guess that would be important to know. Uh, The Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, part of Britain. As if they know anything about that. That's true. They are part of Britain's University of Oxford. They have found that 55% of TikTok and Snapchat users and 52% of Instagram users now get their news from personalities compared <laughs> to the 33 to 42% who get them from the mainstream media and journalists on those platforms. So a now a majority, 55% of the people that use TikTok claim to get their news from influencers, personalities, whatever you want to call those people on TikTok. And that's this is, just horrifying. This is excellent news for you and I. Yes, because we are those people. Yeah, because I, uh, you, you may not think it's a good one, but we both have personalities. Uh huh. We can we can actually talk too. We know how to speak. A lot of people don't allegedly. But so you're you know if you're on TikTok, you're following that hot girl or whoever you're following. That's who you're hoping to get your news from. Just let that. N- did you in. say news or nudes? Yeah, either way. I think because, yes. I think you're trying to get both of those on TikTok. Like, hey, honey, can you give me some nudes or some news? Either way, I'm in need. 
Yes. Wait, better. I, I, no, my next podcast, Angry Tech Nudes. Uh-huh. Can you do? Can you do the news while <laughs> in the nude? Actually, naked news has been done. I know. I know. And it was popular but, for a while. But not angry. See, that's that's <laughs> angry. the angle. Angry tech nudes. What is the difference between? And I don't want to know. I, do, <laughs> yeah, I don't do, either. I don't. I do not want to know. Eject. Eject. Mm-hmm. But this is how far traditional media has fallen. Uh, we've all had story. Well, we've watched the demise of things like CNN over the last few years. And this is why people think they can get their news from random people. And it doesn't matter to me that it's on TikTok or Instagram here. You know, the same thing can be said for people on Twitter, anywhere, Facebook. If you're going to just random pundits for your news, you are never going to get accurate news because most of the people that are commenting on this stuff, including you and I, we have our own biases. So are you are you trying to suggest that there is somewhere you can go for accurate news? I don't know if there is anymore, because as we started with, you can't believe anything you see here or, you know, taste on the Internet. You yeah, can taste the Internet. You can. It tastes as, great. as I as I opened this show with where nothing you hear is legal or financial advice. No, nor should I didn't it say nothing. We say I said nothing you hear. Uh-huh. You can hear a lot of things. You never know what's sneaking into the audio could just be something in the background there could be a jackhammer going on doing that construction and, and that could, is not legal or financial advice no it is not it is definitely not and you should if you hear messages in the timber of the jackhammer maybe you should see a shrink or the shrink is the one who put them there oh exactly man we're going down that rabbit hole huh you never know what you're gonna get if, yes if, if you are getting subliminal messages from your shrink, see a conspiracy therapist immediately. That's the only way to go. They're probably covered under your new insurance plan, though. Wouldn't Joe be surprised. Biden conspiracy provided. therapy is covered under DSM-5, I'm told. As it should be. As it should be. But people come here because we give them an accurate representation of what's going on in the tech and or political sphere, even though we can never figure out which sphere we're actually sphering in. We, we bounce between it's, spheres. Yeah, it's like bouncing between dimensions. It works. It's We're a winning bouncing between dimensions. It's a winning program. And that's why you should donate if you want more. Be like cold acid. Nobody should ever say that. Why did why why would you do? now you're cursing people? <laughs> They're like, wait, I'm not giving to your show. I, I'm I'm like cold acid then? Hell no. I was about to give a lot of money too. Now I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. No. Eject. You got anything else? I got a, a very uh, passionate Tech Dirt article from Mike Masnick, uh, who generally I think has got a pretty good take on things, but uh, uh, who goes off against Elon Musk because Musk suggested uh, in a tweet that he said, uh, blocking public posts makes no sense. It needs to be deprecated in favor of a stronger form of mute. And Mike Masnick was fucking triggered. Um, the the very idea that somebody could remove block. So I figured I could take this opportunity to rehash our block versus mute argument because that's always good content. Yeah, well, you always there's a lot of things you need to revisit to see if they're still accurate. Uh, so the the first thing that they point out that Masnick points out in the article Masnick is is one of those people just like we were discussing where uh he makes absolutely no pretense at being 
neutral. He he is has an opinion and wants people to know it. And again, I can respect that. I, I actually have a lot of respect for Masnick. I just think he's really wrong in this case. Uh, he points out that API changes at Twitter effectively killed an app called Block Party App. I'd never heard of this one, uh, but I went ahead and looked at their site where they have replaced their download with a uh, a paragraph that just says Block Party's anti-harassment tools for Twitter. Whoa, there's some loaded language right there already. Uh, will be on indefinite hiatus as of May 31st. It's been a privilege to help you set your boundaries for the last four years. <laughs> Together, we blocked and muted millions of trolls. And my thought initially is, imagine expending that much energy on not talking to people. Right. And this was just like an automated service for blocking people on it, your Twitter I, account? or I what? don't know. I, I think it was. Uh, now, I, I didn't dig in very far. But as far as I can tell, this was an app that was a lot like the the Mastodon block lists that we all enjoy, which is that when enough people in using the app block a certain person, then you set your thresholds in the app and it automatically everybody else who has the app at a certain threshold will automatically block them. This is kind of like so believing that, your Amazon driver heard something racist. So you're going to block somebody. Yeah, that's kind of it is is I it, it is people deciding that they don't want to hear new ideas if the other people on the app have already decided they don't like the ideas. Um, and by the way, my, my suggestion just off the cuff, you don't need an app for this one. If you really want to block millions of trolls on Twitter, log out, it blocks them all. But anyway, well, now you can really see almost all Twitter without being logged in. You need to delete yeah. it. You need to block it. You need to get rid of it. You need to I, eradicate yeah. it. You need to nuke it. What, Twitter? Yes. Elon tried that. In fact, he's still <laughs> destroying it. He's doing whatever he can, man. I, I, I am no Elon worshiper, but I, you know, every once in a while, he does something that I like. And I have been a proponent for quite a while. Again, I'm not making any pretense at being neutral in this issue. I've been a proponent for a while that block is exactly the same as mute from a completely uh, rational utilitarian perspective. And the only functional difference is that block does it with spite. Well, block and also adds in, you can't see my stuff either. That's yes. Yes. The, the actual difference between block and mute. And this is, uh, I know it from the Mastodon Fediverse uh, functionality, but they're, they're copies of Twitter. Uh, mute says, I will not, if I, if I mute you, I will not see any of your content. If I block you, then it mutes plus puts in uh, some kind of technical block that says, if you're logged in, you will not see any of my content either. So it's kind of a bi-directional thing. Uh, and first of all, it's not effective because if you block me and I want to see your stuff anyway, I just log out. Right. Because you posted it publicly. Yes. So it's already the very concept of saying, I want everyone in the world to see this thing except you, aside from being spiteful and petty, is also completely, utterly ridiculous as long as anonymity still exists. Yeah. So anyway. That's true. I mean, now you can set an account to only allow your approved followers to see it. But then you'd never need to block yes. anybody because you just. Un and this 
this makes sense. This is actually something that functionally is a, is a viable solution, which is effectively you whitelist your content. But I keep, I, I, I literally do not see any valid rationale, at least not a logical one, to say, I want it available for everybody in the world, but not you. That is completely illogical. And the only, every single argument I've ever heard in favor of being able to do that ultimately is an appeal to emotion. Oh, yeah, because you want somebody to come, especially if you've been in the middle of a Twitter war. And I used to do those for fun, but people would just keep coming back and then the thread would never die. There's nothing better than coming back to a thread and seeing you've been blocked. It's like, okay, that means you've <laughs> won. Like, yeah, it's like success. Uh-huh. That is that <laughs> And more is importantly, winning. it's like I've I've clearly contributed all I needed to because it was enough. Uh-huh. That was enough to get the result we was looking for. Yeah. So uh one of the things Maznick is uh calling out uh is allegedly uh large blur uh, not Maznick. Wait. Okay, I don't know. What asshole what wrote these notes? What show are you God, doing right now? I don't know. I don't know what who wrote these notes. Some asshole. But anyway, <laughs> um, allegedly large block lists are a resource drain on the Twitter servers. And that's one of the reasons why Elon wants to do it. That's that's the story. Um, I will say maybe if it was coded by an idiot and this is Twitter. So maybe it was. He was probably chat GPT. Um, the, the argument is that for each and every post that the site wants to display, it traverses a linked list across all users. Now, when you only have four entries in that list. It's pretty fast and you don't have to worry about it. But there are people, especially people who use this block party who literally have block lists over 10,000 names. And so when you are displaying this and there's how many tweets per page, say 30. So 30 times it has to go through all 10,000 names to check and see if it has to display this post. And if you haven't coded that quickly, because say you didn't think people had put 10,000 names on it, then that can be a real CPU drain. Of course, in efficient implementation, we use a hash table of user IDs. But um, it, the the other thing that I thought of and uh, is about this is uh, most block lists will, you know, again, design constraints. If you only have 10 people you block, uh, trying to go through a list of 10 people is probably not going to be as much of a CPU drain as, say, rendering the post which you're not doing anymore. So I don't know, maybe the feature's working as it is. Uh, the other thing that I spotted in Maznick's article, which I actually really liked uh, just because of the creativity was somebody had come up with, I'd never heard of this, a block the blue campaign on Twitter, trying to get all Twitter users to block everybody who is subscribed to Twitter blue. <laughs> Have you heard about that. this one? No. Well, apparently it didn't go very far if you haven't heard of it. No, it's like, oh, they dared to pay for the extra stuff Elon was given. How I, horrible I thought, they are. I thought that was some hilarious Sun Tzu shit, like using your enemy's tools against them. But, uh -huh. uh, you know, I, I'm all for civil disobedience. Anyway, the thing that bugged me about this is Maznick is uh, usually a very, very libertarian. And I, I'm gen which is why I'm generally on board with that. But he is in this article shilling for censorship. Uh, <clears throat> He says the underlying assumption here from Musk is that the only reason to use block is that if you don't, is that you don't want to hear someone, but that's wrong. That's what the mute button is for. 
Block is an anti-harassment tool to help people avoid having stalkers, abusers, harassers, and the like being able to follow your every word without at least some level of friction. I read that and I had to read it several times. And what I realized is how he does not say, he says, you know, here is the problem. Bad people can see my stuff and block is a tool for that, but it doesn't work. I, he, he just says, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, Masnick is, is not making any kind of case about how block does this or what it does. It just saying, Oh, it, this is a problem anyway. Okay. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the only thing Block does is feed the primal urge to retaliate people who pay attention to you. Um, I've never heard a single rational, rational argument for blocking that doesn't rely on appeal to emotion or is not satisfied by a mute function. Um, blocking is the more modern and slightly less gruesome equivalent of gouging someone's eyes out because you, they looked at you on the street. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm getting at is blocking people on social media feeds division and ideological bubbles. Uh, it enables pathological, passive aggressive behavior, like sniping someone and immediately blocking them. So you get the last word. I, I don't like blocking. I think that it is. It, it sets people against each other in ways that should not be necessary. When I honestly, I've never heard an argument other than appeals to emotion that mute is not good enough. Like if I don't, like what you do, what you are, who you are. That's my right. And if I mute you, suddenly nothing you do matters to me. That should be enough, shouldn't it? Yeah, because you don't see it. And as you said, what you're keeping people from seeing of your content, they can see if they sign up for another account or even just not being logged in. So, yeah, it, I mean, I, I do. You, We have to keep going back to it doesn't freaking work. Right. Which would make sense. I mean, I would like something would be kind of funny with our phone system at home here, the UMA thing. Now, it's only a number by number basis. So if somebody ever tries to call you from a different number, it don't work. But you have the thing where you could set a number and you can send it to a doo -doo -doo, this number is no longer in service, which I think is hilarious. Even though you still own the phone number. But then if they call from a different number, then you're kind of screwed. Because then they know your yeah. number exists. SMS spam. Great example. Uh -huh. uh, early on when SMS spam was just rising, I used to go through and on my phone, I would set because Android has the, the feature that says, if it comes in from this number, just hang up immediately. Great. So I'd add every spam number. Then I realized that no spam number ever spammed me twice. Right. It's always a new number every single time. Now, I'm looking at this, this company, the Black Party folk, they're going to a, a Chrome extension now. Oh, geez. Yeah. Listen to this. Reduce your risk of harassment, cyber stalking, impersonation, fraud, spam, and other online attacks with automated privacy playbooks for your social accounts. Join the wait list. Okay. How the hell it, with the browser edition are you going to reduce your risk? of harassment why, why is there a wait list uh-huh because it's an alpha and they're like oh fuck we don't really have anything yet yeah our stuff doesn't work but we don't want everybody to know that at the same time no i don't understand I am, I how am, this the really how it, i guess it for impersonation you're thinking they can't take your photos and repost them but again unless you're literally then blocking everybody else then I, you're you can't have a public account I, again have to keep going back 
If you post something publicly, then blocking does not work because you posted it publicly. You you can't say I want everybody to have this except this one person because fuck them. And that's that's what blocking is like blocking. I mean, it feels really good. Like, yeah, fuck this person in particular, but it doesn't do anything. It's it's just makes people unhappy and uh, trolls going to troll. I I am seriously triggered by the very existence of this block party bullshit, uh, the, the app, because and I'm usually talking to a wall when I bring this up. But whenever you propose to introduce people to new ideas or even suggest to them that, hey, you know, we might try this live and let live idea. And by the way, not my idea. I got it from a book. Every time you suggest that people's amygdalas start to explode and they all fall back on her, her. I just don't like this bad person, which is not a rational argument. And what is even the point of connecting to a global network and then using tools on the network to block out the globe? Why not just connect to it? Like, go build yourself a local Mastodon instance and only invite the people you like. And then now you can be as insular as you want. You can have your own social information bubble. You won't be exposed to all of the horrible people out in the world. Why would you go to the Twitter is a global network. Why would you go to Twitter and then not want to talk to the globe? Right. Why would you post the information publicly, but then be worried about who sees it? You know, my shtick isn't working because you're not arguing against me right but now. But no, you're absolutely right, which is something I also never Damn say. It. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. This this uh, app that they're coming out with, Browser Edition, take back control of your privacy fast. It's like, well, here you know how to take back control of your privacy? Get off the internet! And, That's and, how. Did anyone ever stop to think, by the way, that maybe one of the reasons why there are so many trolls in the world is because... We have a society of fragile snowflakes who invite and encourage harassing behavior precisely because it works so well on them. I, I, I say this multiple times a show. Incentives matter. Yeah. If poking fun at people was met with a shrug or an eye roll, then fewer people would do it. But when you can make someone lose their fucking minds in public with just a few well-placed slurs, that incentivizes trolls. So. You really want less trolls. You really want trolls to not work on you. Grow some thicker skin. I was going to say bigger balls. That too. And then post the but, pictures. But I'm already way internet. ahead of you on that. Yeah. One. Well, see, this is it. This is the same thing. If somebody posts your nudes, whether they're real or fake, and you're like, no, no, you want to see the real thing here. Let me post some for you. Yeah. <laughs> they were me- like, no way. That's photoshopped. Um, no. Uh huh. Look at the pixels. Those are real. Anyway, the comments in the Tech Dirt article. I went ahead and read them, which, uh, of course, triggered me further. And how many were there? It's always good when you see like 8,000 comments from people that are just oh. losing their lunch. I don't have that information. Um, it was it was a couple hundred. Let's see. Uh, but lots. Yeah, it was it was it was a couple hundred. It was uh, a rollicking good time of a conversation. Yeah, I just had to go hit control shift T a few times. Um, I was like hitting the T's. 80. Eighty-four comments, so not a couple hundred. Ah, but uh, the vast majority of the comments, at least the ones that were visible to me, were universally supportive of Masnick's position, and this this demoralized me a bit. Uh, pretty much all of them were promoting a, a what, if you get down to it, is divisiveness, exclusion, censorship. Um, the only ones that I was able to find that even remotely questioned whether or not the 
grouping people into insular thought bubbles was the right way to go and, and excluding everybody just based on, oh, I don't like the thing they said. Um, well, those comments were censored on Tech Dirt, so I couldn't read them. Um, wow. Specifically, Tech Dirt has a, a community system, community moderation, where if enough people flag it, the comment is automatically hidden. And therefore, every visible comment was all in support of this uh, blocking, saying, I want to see only the things that agree with my position. I never want to be challenged. I never want to encounter uh, an uh, argument or statement that might make me reevaluate my religious p- position in this, because I guarantee you, if you're not willing to entertain contrary opinions, then you are not taking a rational position. You are taking a religious one. So free speech is dead. Free speech is dead. Even on tech dirt. This is, this is really what told me is that people even on tech dirt really don't want to be a God. I used to, love tech dirt back in the day it was one of the great like the best source of all kinds of tech news because masnick was hardcore libertarian he would always tell it like it is he would always come out and say this is the individual rights position on it it was disheartening to hear him come out and say yes we believe that uh we you know taking away this censorship tool should go away Signing Um, up for an app or a service so other people can decide what you see or hear or don't see in here. You're a moron if you opt into that. uh, Yeah. Every single comment. Oh, I I pulled the every single comment supporting Elon in there. Um, Theoretically, you can click through it, but I wasn't running JavaScript and all the clicking was JavaScript enabled, which is why it bothered me. Uh, But it said this comment has been flagged by the community. Click here to show it. Uh, However. When I did dig into those, yes, I actually launched another browser. That is my level of dedication to researching these stories. Okay, it's not much. Um, I pulled up a couple of comments that I particularly liked. One was, uh, I, I, I thought this was insightful. This is going to turn into only certain people can block. And I can see that. The, the idea of, oh, we're killing all blocking right now. And then, uh, actually, if you pay for our third tier of Twitter Blue, right. now you can block people. I can see that. Well, that is an extra added service that is putting extra added stress onto their machines. So why not? Yeah. If, if they're coded by a retarded monkey, then that's a lot of stress on their machines. Yeah. Stop hiring retarded monkeys. If, if Twitter's source were, if Twitter were open source, then maybe I'd be able to go verify. I don't think I would, but I could. Uh, But the comment that I thought won the entire comment block, and it was definitely buried near the very bottom because the people in favor of censorship, didn't vote it up very much, uh, said, jokes on him, I just blocked everyone by deleting my Twitter account. But you didn't, because you could still see him. Well, I, I don't know. This was a comment on Tech Dirt, so they may uh, have deleted their Twitter account. Well, they may have. you have to delete the internet, though, if you don't want or, any access. Or they may have been lying, which <laughs> is really unusual for people on the internet. I know. So many of these stories... I'm like, this doesn't sound right. There has to be something more to it. We're missing a, a key element somewhere that somebody isn't saying. So always be careful. That's the other thing you have to be careful of besides all the fakes now, besides the fake audio and the fake video and the fake stories. You have to worry about the story that's being told, but the key element didn't come in like, okay, uh, you know, Ryan Bemrose stabbed me in the, uh, in the chest with a shiv. 
And then I punched him in the face. And the story well, can, is, can you at least try something that doesn't sound so plausible? Right. This sounds like, well, it's a typical show, but then the story is like Darren O'Neill punches Ryan Bemrose in the face. But wait, aren't you going to tell him about the, that? He shivved me first. No, that's hardly important. Right. That, 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 we don't see that as being important in the story at all. Sorry. That fact contradicts with the narrative we're trying to tell here. Yes which is what people need to understand. It's like stories can be greatly changed by the omission of a key detail. And it happens a lot. So block the whole world. That's what you should yeah. do. Stay off the internet, go out into nature and play disc yeah, golf. Go, yeah. Go walk around in, in the forest, stepping on roots and throwing plastic discs at trees. Go, Go have a, a walkabout safari into Darren's bedroom and appreciate the close-up joys of his plastic hamper. Yeah, look out for the uh, uh, big extension cord on the floor, and it was a big <laughs> one too because it was the one that I bought for the uh, for the little portable heater that I was running, you know, in the winter. So it's one of those that can take anything, and he so it's a big honking thing, and it was uh, it was a little more uh, sturdy than I guess I needed because it just took me right down, man dangerous but at least it doesn't look like everything's like black or blue or swollen up or anything so maybe just a a slight sprain and uh we'll be back or or you may have you know re-sprained your right eye and could uh, be could have could have long lasting implications so make sure you boost for the uh, hospital bills that are impending yes darren is going to have some crazy hospital bills soon and this podcast is the only one that can help him get through that so your generosity is appreciated so uh do that and then uh you know if that if that works out we'll be back next wednesday otherwise you never know this at this time slot you might hear a different show that is an encounter of a not so uh not so um common variety that may show up at this slot when you're looking for is a it, good podcast the uncommon encounter is a different show is it yeah no oh. and and epic encounter is it just never happens oh well, one of those could be. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, that was me geeking. Wouldn't be the first time. No. <laughs> With that said, I am Darren O'Neill, and I'm coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America where I'm not an AI yet. And from America's left coast, I am Ryan Bemrose, and it is now safe to turn off your computer. <laughs> Thank you.